Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. If someone comes to me and says, hey, who are you? Introduce yourself. I'm like, well, I'm Bronson. Uh, I'm a husband. I have three children who are wonderful. Uh, I work as a pastor. I'm a follower of Jesus. And there's some things that maybe you don't know about me. Uh, I love Star Wars. Yes, I'm a, I'm a bit of a nerd. Uh, I love technology, all types of things like that. IT, I love all those kinds of things. And uh, I've been married for 23 years. And so those are some things I could tell you about myself. And all those statements help you to understand a little bit more about me. They help you to understand my interests, uh, what I'm about, my values, all those different types of things. Well, in the Bible, in the book of John, the Gospel of John, uh, one of the Gospels, it talks about Jesus and all these different experiences. But Jesus himself introduces himself and he talks about how uh, when people ask him the question, who are you? He says, I am. He says the words, I am, and he says it a number of times, which we'll talk about shortly. But there's some significance in the statement that he says. In fact, uh, one of the strongest responses he gives is where uh, some people come and ask him, who are you? And, 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 or they're talking about a topic, and he starts to talk about Abraham. And he makes a statement that says that um, he knew Abraham when Abraham was alive. And the people he's speaking to, the Jews, they laugh at him. They scoff because you have to know this, and you probably do, but if you don't, there are many years between the time of Abraham and Jesus. In fact, there's 2,000 years. And these Jews, they say to him, how could you have known Abraham? You're not even 50 years old. You're not even 500 years old. You're not even 2,000 years old. And this is what Jesus says to them in John 8, 58. He says, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. He says to these people, hey, before Abraham... Uh, the founding father of our faith, before this man that you revere and honor and are in awe of, before he was, I am. And the scriptures then carry on and they said, at this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, stopping, stepping away, slipping away from the temple grounds. Why did they have such a violent response to Jesus saying, I am? Why did they try to stone him? Why did they pick up rocks to try and throw at him? It's a great question to ask, and it's a very important question for us to know. Because Jesus said those two words, powerful words. He said the words, I am. I am. And the significance of this is that this is the way that God reveals himself to Moses. We all know Moses uh, leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. When Moses meets the burning bush, do we know that? Come on, we've all seen the story, the movie, the Disney movie. Uh, and, and Moses comes to this bush and it's on fire and it starts to talk. And Moses says, who are you? God says, I am that I am. Moses says, what's your name? He says, I am that I am. And so Jesus in this moment to the Jewish people, they knew the significance of these two words. They hear him saying, I am. They hear Jesus saying, I am God. It's a word that was revealed, uh, reserved only for Yahweh. And so they are like, no way, like you can't say that. Only God is allowed to say that. And so as Christians today, that's why we believe that Jesus is God. He's not just a good man. He's not just someone who taught good values and good teachings. He's not just a, a prophet to us as Christians. He is God himself because he said he was and the deeds and the signs and wonders and the resurrection 
We believe that he is Jesus Christ. In the book of John, there's a further seven occasions where Jesus makes these I am statements. They show different aspects of his divine nature and different aspects of who he is and his character and aspects of his, of his divinity and his relationship with us. And so today, if it's important when you meet someone to say, hey, what's your name? What do you do? If, for me to do that with you or for you to do that with me, it is so such much more important to know who Jesus is, right? To know who Jesus is and what he is about. So today, we are starting a series called I Am. Can you say it with me? I Am. Come on, say it louder. I Am. We're starting a series called I Am, and we're going to look at some of the I Am statements that Jesus made in the book of John. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We've been in your presence already. We've already experienced your goodness around our lives. I pray as we open the scripture and read about you this morning that we receive more revelation of how good you are in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Uh, my eldest son, Ethan, he is 13 years of age, turning 14 at the end of the year. And every Monday is the day that we go grocery shopping. And when I say we, I mean my wife, Gabby. It's the day that Gab goes grocery shopping. And I think maybe I mentioned this recently, but uh, she's such an amazing mom. She blesses all the kids with all their own special food. Did I think I mentioned that recently, that Roman, he gets all this special food while Ethan gets different chips that he likes. Joelle gets different biscuits and lollies that she likes, and it's amazing. And I'm like, Gab, just give him bread and water. Come on. That's all I got when I was growing up. And um, No, I'm joking. And, and anyway, our pantry on a Monday is overflowing. Like, you open it up, and it's all falling on you. It's all this food. Come Thursday or Friday, it's almost empty. And the main culprit is my son, Ethan. And uh, he's like eating away, he eats the food, the chips, the biscuits, the lollies, the bread, drinks all the drinks, and there's nothing, by Friday there's nothing left. And I say, Ethan, mate, slow down, leave some for the rest of us. And he's like, Dad, I'm just hungry, man. Come on, give Ethan a big clap, he's at the desk this morning. Love you, mate. Anyone here have kids like that that just eat and eat and eat and eat? I'm like, Gab, take them to the doctor, see if they've got worms. Something going on. Well, there's a story, maybe in your house, not my house. No worms in our house. Uh, there's a story in the book of John, and uh, it's a story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. If you've been in the church for a while, you probably know it. You probably know it even if you're not in the church. It's a story where Jesus feeds 5,000 people, and what happens is he's out, he's preaching, he's teaching, and uh, he's doing miracles and signs, and the people are following him. And then they get to this place, and Jesus is like, well, it's getting a bit late in the day. We need to feed these people. Turns to the disciples and say, hey guys, go buy some bread, go buy some food for these people. And, and, and the disciples turn around, they're like, Jesus, <laughs> there's so many people here. It would be like half a year's wages to feed all these people. And uh, I feel like half a year's wages goes on food every week to feed my family. But anyway, uh, and so the disciples say, no, it's not possible for us to do Jesus. The story goes, and there's this young boy there, and he happens to hear what's being spoken. I don't know whether the disciples walked past and they were muttering, "Oh, this Jesus guy, man, what, what is he? What is he expecting of us all?" They just heard Jesus. He heard Jesus speaking. But anyway, this young boy, he comes forward and he gives his his food, his lunch. He says, "I got five loaves and I've got two two fish here today. I want to give it to to Jesus. I want to give it to God." And man, what a what a statement of faith! Come on, what a faith step by this young boy. Like, like really, five small loaves of bread and two fish. 
That's not going to do anything, right? He gives it to Jesus. And I want to encourage you today in your own life, with whatever you have, your gifts, your serving, your money, your faith, your belief, give it to God because it doesn't matter what you have, God is able to multiply it, not just to bless your life, to bless people around you. He gives his food to Jesus. Jesus prays over it, tells the disciples to go and distribute amongst the people. The scriptures say 12, 12 baskets of food left over. It's an amazing miracle. Come on, why don't we give Jesus some praise this morning? He's an amazing, amazing, amazing person, amazing God. Well, the next day, the scriptures say it continues on, and this is where I want us to pick up uh, this morning. Turn with me in your Bibles to John 6, 28. We're going to read this. Then they asked him. This is the people who are following him, some Jews. They, they're seeking, they're asking questions. They asked him, what must we do to do the works that God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. They're saying, what do we need to do to, to do the work of God? And Jesus says, believe in the one that God sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? They, they, they click to the fact that Jesus is talking about himself. They say, well, okay then, what's the sign? What's the one that you're going to do that we can believe you? Then they say this, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They say to him, Jesus, if we're going to believe you, we want to see some miracles and signs and wonders. Because in the Old Testament, to Moses, to the children of Israel, God gave the manna from heaven daily to feed them. And I think it's very ironic, church, that they talk about manna to feed them bread when just the day before, the scriptures say it would have been the same people Possibly even eight, the same people that were at the 5,000 who saw Jesus feed all the people, transform five loaves of bread to thousands of loaves of bread, are asking Jesus, give us a sign, when he had already given them a sign in feeding the 5,000. They missed the sign, which was this, here is God again in our midst, and he is again feeding us with bread from heaven. John 6, 31, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father. It didn't come from any manly person. It came from the spiritual realm, from the heavens. My Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Jesus said, there is a bread that comes down from heaven that is life. And they respond, Jesus, give us this bread. See, these people, they're searching, they're seeking. These people, you know, even though they, they might be saying to Jesus, so us a sign, they're open. They want to know about the things of God. They want to hear what Jesus has to say. Their response is, give us this bread. Even though they couldn't see the truth of Jesus, they were seeking, looking, willing, hearts open to receive. Today, here in this place, maybe you're here at church for the first time. Maybe someone invited you. You came, you saw the sign on the, on, the, on the building or whatever it is. And you're here today and maybe you don't know Jesus or maybe you're not sure of the truth of Jesus and his statement that says that I am God. But you are here today and you're seeking answers and you're looking for something and you're searching in life. You realize there must be more than this than all that I'm experiencing at the moment. There must be more to life. 
and you're looking for Jesus, and I want to, you're looking for something, and I want to tell you today, that which you're looking for is exactly the same as men were looking for 2,000 years ago when Jesus spoke about this bread from heaven that brings life. You are looking for Jesus. And you may not know it, but that's what you're looking for. And I want to give you an opportunity at the end of this message to know Jesus, to receive Jesus into your life. Here's what Jesus wants you to know today. In fact, here's what Jesus wants all of us to know today. Every single one of us, whether you believe in Jesus or you don't, he wants us to know this, whether we call ourselves a Christians or not. Listen to this. This is going to be our main scripture. John 6, 35. We're going to visit this a few times. But then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. I am statement number one from Jesus. I am the bread of life. If you're writing notes down today, write that down. I am the bread of life. I don't know about you, but food to me is you know, kind of important in my life. I like to eat food. Any people here that like to eat food? Yes. Oh, some people don't. Oh, well, nice knowing you because you're going to die in a couple of weeks. You know, we all like to eat food, right? Whether it's food from our own culture or it's food from another culture, it's delicious. We like to enjoy it. But it is something that we need to partake of every day, right? It's something that we need to have part of our life. If we don't have it, we will feel hungry. On Thursday, I took my daughter, Joelle, to the dentist. Uh, she needed some work done on her teeth. And while we were there, uh, she had to get a filling. And so that meant that the dentist had to put the needle in her in her gum and in her, uh, in her cheek. Has anyone been to the dentist and had that? And what happens? Your, your cheek goes numb, right? You can't feel it. And so uh, as the doctor was putting in the needle, I could see Joelle, she tensed up because uh, she doesn't like needles. Anyway, uh, you know, so that wasn't too great. And then the, the, the dentist did what he had to do and he finished up. And then he said to her, like, if the needle was bad, this was worse. He said to her, now... Uh, you're not allowed to eat for another four hours. Because if you eat, you might bite your gum and you won't know it. And like, guys, it was like Joella just found out some terrible news. Some terrible, terrible news. You can't eat for four hours. She was like, Dad, I'm starving. I was like, before we even left the dentist, like, Dad, I'm starving. But can anyone relate? Right? Can anyone relate? You ever had to fast for an operation or, you've, or maybe you've been doing something spiritual and pr doing prayer and fasting and you're like, I'm hungry, I'm starving. Uh, maybe right now you're like, bro, bro, hurry up, I've got a lamb roast on at home. I'm starving, I've got to get back to that. Don't worry, it'll just be another three hours and we'll be ready to go home. Food is essential for life. Like we need food. If you don't eat food, they say for about three weeks, your life will be in danger. You'll be severely malnourished and, 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 and in a dangerous place. And, and Jesus says that he is the bread of life. What's the most simple, staple food that we have today? It's bread. And Jesus says that I am the bread of life. He is saying that I am essential for life. Just like food for us is essential for our life, he is saying that I am essential for life. And here's the thing we need to know, church. Jesus is not being figurative here. He's not telling a parable here. He's not speaking in riddles or rhymes. Jesus is being quite literal when he says that I am the bread 
of life when he says that I am essential for all of life. See, look at what the scriptures say in John 1 verse 1. It says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It says this, He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. When it uses the word word in this passage of Scripture, it is talking about Jesus. So the Scriptures say that Jesus was there at the beginning. Jesus was with God. In fact, Jesus is God. And nothing that was made was made without Jesus because all things, everything in life was made through Jesus. So when Jesus says, I am essential to life, he is being uh, so true. He is speaking truth. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is essential for all life. He is essential for our life. He was there when all of humanity was created. What happens if you leave bread in your pantry for two weeks or you leave it in, out on your countertop for a month or you leave it in, I don't know, the back of your car, you go shopping, you leave it in the back of your car, don't know why you would, for six months? Like what happens to the bread? Can anyone tell me? It molds, right? It goes moldy. It goes old. So you just cut those little moldy parts off and the rest is okay. So I used to do that as a kid, and I found out recently you're not supposed to do that because it could be molding the rest of the bread. It might explain a few things. But it gets old and moldy, right? It starts to perish. And when Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, you know, we've got we've to realize something here, church, that he's not referring to physical bread. He's referring to a spiritual bread. He's pointing to the fact that he's the spiritual bread of our lives. See, Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the spiritual bread that gives us eternal life. And he can, he can give us a life that will sustain us, not just now, but for eternity. Not just in this moment, but for all moments. Not just when we're at church, but when we're out there in the world and we're facing the challenges that we face. Jesus is the bread of life, the spiritual bread that brings us eternal life. And we're going to one day be in glory in heaven and we're going to be with Jesus and we're going to be with the angels and the saints and the other believers because Jesus is the bread of life. Back to verse 35. We're going to repeat this verse a couple of times because I want to highlight a few little parts. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. See those words, come and believe. He says, you, know, you need to come and you need to believe. They're an invitation. Those words were an invitation to the men and to the women, to the people he was speaking. He was saying, come to me and believe in me. And just as those were invitations to those people all those many centuries and millennia ago, they're an invitation to us today in this church, in our homes, in the workplace, in our neighborhood, where we go amongst our friends. They're an invitation. Jesus is saying, come and believe. See, the only way that you will experience the bread of life the only way you'll experience Jesus in his fullness and his power and his might is if you will come to him and if you will believe in him. To believe requires faith. It's going to require our faith. That stepping out into the unknown, it's going to require us to put our trust 
into something that we may be uncertain about. But here's what the scriptures say in Hebrews 11.1, 1, the great verse on faith. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. See, faith is that thing that we place not in a person or an event or an experience. We place it in God. And that faith that we have that we place in God, we're not throwing it in the bin. We're putting it upon someone that we know can and will and wants to act on our behalf to move in our lives. We have an assurance and a hope in Jesus. And so come and believe means, means that we do place that trust in Him. We do put our confidence in Jesus. We do put our trust. We do have our assurance and our hope. So we come to Jesus and we need to believe in Jesus. What do we need to believe? It's very simple. We need to believe that Jesus is who He said He is. We need to believe that Jesus will do what He said He will do. We need to believe that Jesus is the only one who can and that He is the bread of life. And today, maybe you're here. I want to invite you, if you don't know Jesus, would you come? Would you believe? Would you come? Would you believe in Jesus Christ? He is what you're looking for. He will transform your life. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is our hope. The kids could come. Again, verse 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst again. And this is great news. This is amazing news. That means when we leave here today, church, you never have to eat again. When you leave here today, church, you never have to thirst again. You never have to take a drink of water. You never have to do any of those things, right? Like that's what the scriptures are saying. Is that what it says, church? No, that's not what Jesus is saying. As much as that would be amazing. Actually, I don't think it would be amazing because I think food is too good to be enjoyed. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. See, see, Jesus is not talking about removing physical hunger or physical thirst. He's talking about removing something else, something much greater, something much deeper in the core of every man and woman, something much more personal, something that goes to the very foundations of who we are and something life-changing for every person who comes and believes in Him. See, the phrase hunger and thirst, that's not the only time that Jesus uses this phrase in Scriptures. It's not the only time that He talks about hungering and thirsting. See, He says this in the Sermon on the Mount, in the, the Beatitudes, which is, a, which is a listing of blessings that Jesus proclaims and declares for people. He says this in the fourth blessing, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus says, blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, blessed is the child, blessed is the young person, blessed is the old person, blessed is the person whose life is magnificent, blessed is the person who's gone through trials and tribulations, blessed is the person who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for they will be Filled. And all of humanity is looking to fill something in their life. All of humanity is seeking and searching, desperate, looking here and there, trying to find something to fill that void in their heart, that hole that no matter what they do, it can never be filled. And the great question, if you would ever stop and pause your life long enough, 
if you'd ever sit and say, is this all there is? If you'd ever take a moment to pause from your day-to-day life, the hustle and bustle of life and say, why? Why all this? Why are we here? What made us? For what purpose? If you would ever stop and ask those questions, the reason is this, because we were not made for the things of this world. We were made for a relationship with God. That's why. That's why. But instead, we try to fill the gap with money and entertainment and family and career and positions and friends and all these types of things. But all those things are like the old moldy bread that we've left in the car, that we've left on the countertop, that's got mold through it, that's corruptible, that's perishing, that's breaking away, that's crumbling, that's no good anymore, can't fulfill, can't feed, can't last, doesn't doesn't fulfill our lives, perishes. But Jesus, He's the bread of life. But Jesus, He's the bread of life. See, He's essential for all life. He's our faith. He's our trust. He's our hope. He's our eternal life. And He declares, if you would hunger and thirst for me, you will be filled. Young people, He says to you, if you would hunger and thirst for me, you will be filled. You will find what it is that you are looking for in me. Jesus is the one who will fulfill your life. He was the one who will give your life purpose. Jesus is the one who will satisfy you. But not just that. Not just that. See, Jesus says this, that he will also be your righteousness. See, that hunger, that thirst that you have to try to be a good person. See, every person is trying to be good. Every person is trying to be better. Every person is aware that there is areas of their life where they're stumbling, where they're not meeting the grade. Whether you believe in God or you don't, every person wants to be a good person. Come on, just ask someone down the street, are you a good person? I'll say, oh yeah, I'm a good person. Everyone's trying to be a good person. But Jesus says that you will hung- if you hunger and thirst for me, I will be your righteousness. See, the hunger that you have, the thirst that you have to be good, Jesus says that you can't fill that hunger. You can't quench that thirst with your own good deeds. The only thing that can quench that thirst and fill that hunger is for me to be in your life, for you to hunger and to thirst for me. And He promises to be our righteousness before God. Come on, that's good news this morning, church. Come on, someone give Jesus some praise. You don't have to be good. You just need to come and believe in Jesus. He is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is our righteousness. Today, church, as I come to a close, Jesus is saying to each one of us, He's saying to you, He's saying to me, come on, turn to the person next to you, say, He's saying to you. Come on, I'm not going to move on until I see people doing it. (laughs) I'm joking. He's saying to you. He's saying to me. He's saying to us. He's saying to all of us. He's saying to His church, I am. The bread of life. He's saying, I'm the bread of life. I I want you to know I'm the bread of life. I am that thing that that can sustain your life. I'm essential for your life. I am your eternal life. I am your hope. I am your righteousness because I am the bread of life. And when he made that statement to those people so many centuries ago, he was waiting for a response from them. And today... As he makes that statement, I am the bread of life. He's waiting for a response from every single one of us. He's waiting for us to respond to him. 
we either respond to Him and say, Amen, Jesus. You are the bread of life. I come before you and I believe you are who you said you are. You will do what you said you would do. Or we either make the decision to say, No, I don't believe you are who you said you are. But I pray today, every single person in this room, every single person watching on the live stream, every person listening to the podcast, I pray today that our response to Jesus is, Yes, Jesus. You are the bread of life. Yes, Jesus, you are my life. Yes, Jesus, you're my eternity. You are my hope. You are my righteousness. Jesus, you are the bread of life. Let's pray this morning. All eyes closed. Lord Jesus, today. God, as you revealed yourself to those people when you said, I am. 